Hi, I'm Ken. And I'm Dee. And this is Antiques Freaks. The most poppinest podcast. What antiques are we talking about this week? Bottle whimsies. Do you know what a bottle whimsy is? No, but I'm desperate to learn. Is this like those special Japanese sodas with a marble in them? You know, I hadn't even considered that, but kind of, yeah. Ramune. What it is very, very much like, and what you're probably more familiar with, is a ship in a bottle. Oh, I do love those. I was very fascinated to learn that not only do whimsy bottles warrant their own category as assumed by most ship in a bottle enthusiasts, they actually came first. That surprised the shit out of me. I kind of assumed ships were the first thing to be put in bottles for fun. So wait, ships were first or they weren't first? They were not. Bottle whimsies came first. And a bottle whimsy is different from a ship in a bottle. It's kind of the grandpappy of a ship in a bottle. In the Venn diagram of bottle whimsy and ship in a bottle, is ship in a bottle the smaller circle completely enclosed in the very large circle that is whimsy bottles? Yeah. Huzzah! Everyone thank Ken for translating. (laughs) And thank D for putting up with my Portuguese pronunciation. (laughs) A bottle whimsy is a kind of folk art, which is any kind of art made by someone who is not trained specifically in art. And as so much folk art, it began in Europe as miniature religious shrines and scenes. It started around the late 19th century, specifically because of the burgeoning availability of disposable glass bottles for every goddamned liquid you could imagine consuming. Glass bottles were becoming cheap, they were becoming widespread, and there were a lot of empty ones around. And you've got what's going to be the start of a very small problem. (laughs) There are far primary motifs seen in European bottle whimsies that are the basis for pretty much everything that would come later, although the US would really fuck it up. That is, religious scenes, as we discussed, mining scenes, which are weirdly a staple for this, spinning and weaving tools, and eventually the ship in the bottle. I'm getting the impression that this is venerating either religious figures or the working class careers of skilled artisans. You guessed correctly. (laughs) Over time, the trend of bottle whimsies did spread to the US where the subject matter quickly popped off into a huge myriad of miniature things. We do love a miniature. We fucking go apeshit for a miniature. In fact, bottle whimsies are largely associated with the US. One reason for this, why it popped off in the United States so goddamned hard, was because of a convergence of three things. Craftspeople with both whittling, carving skills, and leisure time to create, mass production of clear glass bottles, and earlier examples of European tradition to be inspired by and improve upon. And the US took to the coal mine dioramas like a fish to water. In fact, the first and oldest known bottle whimsy is a coal mine diorama which was actually sculpted by a man who was born without hands or feet, which is neither here nor there, but I thought it was an interesting fact that you should know. I mean, it is an interesting fact, and now I do know it. You do know it. Uh, <laughs> the assumption as to why the mining bottles became a, a mainstay, a familiar sight, and a, a favorite is pretty much what you said is because it is glorifying and providing a new interpretation of working class skills that had held the country up. They are, in fact, delightful. They generally consist of three or four levels, depending on the size of the bottle. Side note, the bottles were always rectangular and were probably, like, giant liquor bottles. So on the bottom level, miners are pictured digging coal or ore. Sometimes these are actually glittery, which is very fun. An upper level would feature the miners sorting coal or minerals on conveyor belts, which were actually for washing. And any further levels would have the oven where they smelt the ore, or perhaps a delightful top level in which there is a parade or a dignitary meeting in the town above. 
Some of them even had mechanical cranks to turn pieces of machinery inside the bottle. It's like Fraggle Rock in there. It's like a fucking Fraggle Rock in there. Another feature of the bottle whimsies was the stoppers. The stoppers were usually hand-carved and tended to either feature a locking mechanism to keep them from ever coming out and thus destroying the sculpture within, and or are just your regular extreme whittling flex. Things like interlocking chains, working scissors, and fanable fans made from a single piece of wood. Do you want to know how they were generally made? Sure. Well, uh, much like the ship in the bottle, which is probably an out secret by now, the sculpture inside was usually crafted wholesale and then dismantled. Its parts slid inside of the bottle, and then wires and hooks were used to maneuver the pieces back into place. Which is also extremely difficult, is the thing. Like that's Which not, is insane. It's possible, yes, but it's not easy by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> yeah, um, similarly, other items, like... There are some pieces that are just really ornately carved chairs. Framed photos were actually have very tiny segments that were hard to see once they were unrolled, but could be rolled up and flattened and then expanded once they were inside the bottle. Which is actually how a lot of ships in the bottles, especially their mainsails and stuff, were actually just sort of collapse down and then you can just poke them back up. Oh yeah, like the ones I've seen, like all the masts just come down. Yeah, yeah, they just fold over. <laughs> and it slides into the neck of the bottle and then once it's in there, you can pull it back up again. Which is how we're going to get the Morgan out of Mystic Seaport. True. We are going to fold it up and then... <laughs> we'll just flatten that main mass down. And then unfold it. Exactly. One notable artist... One of the few that we do actually have the name of and a reasonable system of determining that he had made a specific piece because of his distinct style would be Carl Warner. No one knows how it's spelled because he spelled it different on every piece he made. Interesting. Jury's out if this was just a funny joke he did or if he just didn't know how to write in English, he was German. Or is it several people operating under the same alias? Or that, I mean, that is a thing that has happened in other art forms. Stay tuned for Silva Fernandes sometime in the future. Oh, hell yeah. He started out with crucifix bottles, the venerable European tradition, and later became very well known for his shop scenes, usually bars. He did at least one funeral home as well. A little funeral home in a bottle. Love that. <laughs> Now, the reason that they tended to be bars or, say, a shoe shop or a grocer is because he would make these to pay bills. <laughs> I see, I see. <laughs> he would run up a tab at a bar, make a version of the bar in a little bottle, and say, will this cover my tab? I'm assuming you can really only pull that trick once at each bar. <laughs> He probably, I mean, there are a lot of bar bottles, so I think you might be right. Um, I don't even want to know what happened with the funeral home one. I, I hope that was a commission. Well, But we definitely do know that he bought shoes with, with uh, a little shoe shop in a bottle. I mean, I'd give a guy a pair of shoes for one of those, absolutely. Honestly, if a guy walked in with a miniature replica of my little shop, I would give him whatever he asked for. <laughs> As a result of being one of the few nameable artists, as well as the best to ever do it, a Carl Warner, as recently as 2010, was appraised at the Antiques Roadshow for a range of about $4,000, which is a lot for art in a bottle. That's many dollar for antique. Yeah! I've heard legend that you can get some of these things for on the cheap, but when I went looking, that didn't seem to be the case. Maybe it's different out in the Midwest, maybe? Were you looking on Facebook Marketplace, though? I didn't look on Facebook Marketplace because I am getting really sick of that place. Someone was trying to sell half a gallon of milk that they had drank. Huh. Well... 
Huh. Savers tried to sell me a broken clown doll for $18. Well, they know that the clown dolls are the one thing guaranteed to fly out of our Epsi shops. It might have just been they saw you coming. I'm actually a little suspicious that that is what happened. But that's got nothing to do with bottles. Yeah, supposedly you can find smaller and uh, more, what's a polite way to say pedestrian? Basic? Rustic examples at antique shops and flea markets and such for like around $50. But um, on eBay, that dog won't hunt. From what I can tell, the sort of median price is hovering around $150 for most of these. I attribute that to a huge upswing in interest in folk art in the United States in the last 20 years. People are really starting to realize what little treasures we have in folk art. I blame the cottagecore children. The fucking cottagecore children. Now, sadly, the popularity of the bottle whimsies began to subside just as the United States pulled out of the Great Depression. Mostly because everyone needed a full-time job, didn't have the free time to sit around whittling no more, and didn't have the money to spend on little things to make tiny mining companies. Capitalism strikes again. Capitalism kills another beautiful thing. Now, following on its heels would be the model shipbuilding in a bottle micro-industry that would pop off. It would start in the 20th century. It wouldn't become super hot until around the 1940s and now remains just sort of a thing that exists alongside us every day. Those little ships, how they vex me. How they haunt your dreams. <laughs> The reason that they uh, ships in a bottle generally get shunted into their own category is because they tend to be faithful scale replicas of things, which makes them pretty different from folk art. Folk art kind of captures a lot of self-expression, and a model replica is kind of meant to be one thing only. Does that make sense? I would argue you can express yourself through a faithful scale model of an object. However, the self-expression does become more limited when you are crafting this thing based on a mail order kit. Yeah. There are occasional reproduction bottle whimsies made out there. They are exceedingly easy to spot as they tend to all be made out of paper and look brand new. <laughs> How'd that happen? Yeah, um, it turns out when you don't have someone lovingly doing an art for themselves that it looks pretty different from a mass-produced junk that hits the shelves. Not to mention stuff in a bottle just gets old. It gets, you know, dust gets in there. Things get old as time passes. This and other hints you can hear only on Antiques Freaks. That's true. You would not have known that if it weren't for me, so you're welcome. Another fun thing about them is that the bottles themselves tend to help you date the item. Now, going around dating a bottle, that's gonna get you some stares in polite society. Har har. Uh, but actually, I mean, it's, it's an art form in and of itself. Uh, <laughs> I believe we do actually have an episode on it. We also have an episode where we say people really want to be told how to love. Yeah, we do. Probably our most cynical episode to date. <laughs> For more on affection as express their antiques, check out our diamonds episode. <laughs> we get real grim in that one. But yeah, that is Bottle Whimsies, a thing I didn't know about that I do know about now and now you know about as well. Try saying that 20 times fast. That is the process of the podcast. Sources for today include CollectorsWeekly.com, Whimsy Within Walls of Glass, JournalOfAntiques.com, The Wonderful World of Bottle Whimsies, CollectorsWeekly.com, Folk Art Bottle Whimsies, and my favorite so far, FolkArtInBottles.com. I love how on-the-nose antiques <laughs> websites get. So good. Uh, it was a fun little Easter egg. There's actually a lot of contemporary bottle folk artists on that website and some how-tos, so check it out. Hot damn.
If you would like to suggest an episode topic or just say hello, you can email us directly at podcast at gmail.com. You can post in our Facebook group, Antiques Freaks Friends. You can tag us on Tumblr, antiquesfreaks.tumblr.com. Or you can check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash antiquesfreaks. If you like the way we move, but more importantly, the way we talk about stuff, feel free to scroll on down to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leaving us a 20-star review. I didn't even know it went that high, says the CEO of Spotify, as he crowns us the king of Earth. None of that is true. It will be. Rate us. You spoke lies on this day on our most sacred of podcasts how could you <laughs> if you keep rating us over and over if you actually create multiple accounts to spam us with five stars eventually they're going to have to add stars to our rating at that point i think they just ban our podcast from the platform is i think what happens why would they do that when we have so many loving friends <laughs> and if you need more antiques freaks in your week you can check out our patreon at patreon.com slash antiques freaks where every week we read and review a chapter of the victorian penny dreadful varney the vampire the feast of blood Special thanks to our patrons for paying our hosting fees and filling our hearts with love. So much love. And thank you in particular for listening. That's right. You. Au revoir. Goodbye.